Welcome to the We Go Places podcast, where we catch up with We Go grads who share with us the story of their journey to their unique careers. I'm your host, Brian Turnbaugh, English teacher at We Go since 2001, and you just heard new intro music from Andy Georgieff, class of 2022. Today, we talk to Gina Brown, class of 2016, orchestra teacher at Lehman Middle School. Gina will share with us how her love of the cello and her growth as a musician in Woj's orchestra class at WeGo set in motion her path to become a music educator and to come home to West Chicago and share her love of music with future Wildcats. Be sure to check out more about Lehman's orchestra program on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram that will be linked on this episode's Podbean page. Joining us today is Gina Brown from the class of 2016. Gina, tell us what you do. Hi, everyone. I teach sixth grade, eighth grade, and beginning orchestra here at Lehman Middle School. Gina, I was wondering if you could maybe take us back to when did you kind of fall in love with music and and, and kind of start us off with the journey of that? Well, I've always loved music, and I been singing probably since I could talk. Um, I was always obsessed with the movie Annie and would annoy my family as a young child by just singing those songs over and over again. Um, So I've always loved music. And then in the District 33 music program, you can start orchestra in fourth grade. So I started playing the cello and I haven't put it down ever since. Were there any uh, other instruments or was it just always cello that you were just kind of absolutely locked in with? Um, It was mostly cello. That's my main instrument. And then I would always kind of dabble in guitar but I didn't really take that seriously until um, my last semester of college, which I wouldn't even say I take it super seriously. I learned enough to be able to do some finger pickings and um, play quite a few chords. So I think I feel like I'm set on my guitar skills for what I need to do. Um, But yeah, other instruments I've picked up have been ukulele, Um, which I really like a lot. Um, I know how to play all of the string instruments. So in addition to cello, violin, viola, and bass. And yeah, those are all of the instruments that I would say that I play. (laughs) If you could maybe elaborate, I was wondering, like, with the cello, why did that one capture your fascination as a musician and artist the most? What is it about that instrument in particular that um, spoke to you? Because I, I, I was thinking about this question earlier today, which is, did you choose the instrument or the did the instrument choose you in, in this relationship? 
Um, that's a good question. I, I definitely remember how I chose the cello um, back in fourth grade, you know, pre-COVID when we could all get together. Um, no problem. We had a night where students could come and try out all of the instruments and decide which one they wanted to play. And I remember Janet Sikma gave me a violin and I played a note on it and it sounded terrible. So I was like, no. And then she gave me a viola, same thing. I played a note and it sounded terrible. So I said, no. Then I sat down with a cello and it made this beautiful noise. And I was like, this is the one. This is it. And so once you had that affirmation, this is this is the instrument, you know, some people don't always stick with music. And and I was wondering, like, you know, you must have a certain approach to what your experience was like. What's it like? How do you how do you motivate? How did you motivate yourself to continue to? you know, get better at that craft as a musician? What were the ways in which you motivated yourself or others motivated you and, and all that for, so you could continue your love of the cello and all things music? I think in elementary and middle school, it was just fun to be part of a group. And so even though I wasn't really big on practicing at that age, um, I never wanted to quit orchestra. That was never a thought that came through my head. I always wanted to continue being part of the group. And then it wasn't until high school when um, I had um, Lex Wojciechowski, who was absolutely amazing. She um, really just inspired me. She's a cellist as well. So um, I kind of took to her instantly as a mentor and yeah, she was just very inspiring. And she's actually what inspired me to go into music education altogether. So what were some of your favorite pieces in high school to play? Like, is there a particular composer that you, uh, that you enjoyed kind of making that music? And then do you do any original stuff yourself? I remember I really liked playing the Marionette and Funeral March. I can't think of who composed that right now, but that was fun. Um, I also played the Vivaldi Double Cello Concerto with Vanessa Hasbin at our senior concert, our last concert as seniors. So that was a really special moment where we got to work on just challenging music for us that was accompanied by the rest of the orchestra. So that was just a really special time. And also there's a piece, Zagunnerweisen, who uh, we did that for our friend Josh's senior, or his last senior concert. And it was just awesome to see him kind of be just this virtuoso violinist while still in high school, while we all supported him playing. That was just a really fun time. Mm. I was wondering how you also, I mean, it's one thing to be a musician, but part of it too is kind of expose this talent that you have and perform. Were you ever not nervous or was it just because you put in so much work it was natural to you because i mean part of being a musician is that performance part did you ever lose being nervous or when did that process how did that process kind of roll out for you i never feel nervous when i'm playing a group concert 
those nerves have definitely gone away. If I'm doing anything solo, then I still get very, very nervous. And I don't yet have a trick for how to overcome those nerves other than just keep doing it and keep getting the exposure to it. Where, where did you go off to school then? So you finished here at WeGo. Did you know that you wanted to go into music education right away? Or what? how did you select uh, the next level of, of education? Was music always in the, in the plans or did that kind of just kind of uh, resolve itself once you went off to the university? Yeah, I knew that I wanted to go into music ed in high school. I was probably a junior or very early in my senior year. I I decided that that's what I wanted to do. That's kind of when we start thinking about, okay, what are the next steps? And I remember thinking like, well, I really like what Woj, that's what I called Miss Wojciechowski. I really like what Woj has done for me. I think that I could do that for other people. So that's what got me thinking about it. And I told her that I wanted to go into music ed and she uh, 100% encouraged me. She told me to get some private lessons and I did. And then I went off to Augustana College right after I graduated from WeGo. And I spent four years there before coming back here to Lehman. So what was some of your, your coursework when it comes to sharpening your kind of musical mind and, and, and craft as a, as an artist in that way. And when did the music education part start? How was that balanced out uh, at Augustana? So you have to be in orchestra all four years. So I never stopped playing or performing and we started our music education really right from freshman year. Um, we had music theory classes, mus- musicianship is what they call it. And um, yeah, it gets progressively more and more intense as you go. But freshman year is pretty easy. Maybe one or two music education courses just to kind of get a sense of what is music education, what are we getting ourselves into, and then sophomore year, it really starts to hit with, like, here are the theories of education and stuff that you need to know to become a teacher. And then by junior and senior year, it's a lot more hands-on, working with students, making lesson plans, student teaching, things like that. What did you end up doing your student teaching for um, music education? So... I only really completed half of my student teaching because it happened um, during COVID times. So um, I was at an elementary school for general music um, in Moline, Illinois, which is close to Augustana. That must have been, uh, you know, the 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 rug underneath you just gets swept off your feet when, when that happened for most people. I imagine how discouraging that must have been to be going through the program and then have that happen. How did you keep your head up when that happened? Well, at first we thought we were just going away for a few weeks. So I kind of just thought that 
I'd get back to it in a couple of weeks. We didn't know at that point that it would be kind of just forever at that point. So I would say I, I took it pretty well because I was under this assumption that we would just be going back in a few weeks. And then once it was clear that we weren't going back, I think I was still okay just because in all honesty, it meant less work for me. Um, I got to go home, do the rest of my classes online. So it was a, a change of pace, um, almost in a, a good way for me. I just had kind of less to worry about. It, when, so when you were at Augustana, did, was there any like, was because I know you're in the education programs, your, your interning is usually like you, know, you do your student teaching, but I was wondering if they, you were able to do any like travel or did you, they, did you have any kind of cool courses that were very memorable while you were there that kind of, uh, kind of confirmed like, yeah, I, I'm, I definitely am happy I'm in this program. Um, for education, I don't think so. We didn't really do anything like that. We did go to a couple of different elementary schools and worked with those kids before we were really thrown into student teaching. So I really enjoyed that. I think that's when my teachers first observed me not in a classroom and started to see like, oh, wow, there's this other side of you that really has the makings of a good teacher. The, uh, I was, so then, so you graduate from Augustana and how did you find the opportunity to come back to Lehman? Well, I always wanted to come back to West Chicago. I've always loved it here and I've always wanted to serve the community as best as I can. When I first went off to college, I was thinking I wanted to do high school orchestra because that's where I fell in love with music really um and want and decided to go into music education um and it was like the last experience that i had so i i thought that's what i want to do and then it was probably during my student teaching which was at an elementary school i was like oh my gosh i love general music i think i just want to be a general music teacher and i kind of knew like if i want to go back to west chicago Woj is still teaching there i don't see her leaving anytime soon or at least i hope not um so i kind of knew i wasn't going to be able to get a high school job in west chicago if that's what i really wanted. So I was like, okay, what about general music? And before I even really had a chance to research jobs and look into it, I got an email from the Augustana ed department with a forwarded message from Maggie Lay, who was the assistant principal here at Lehman, or she's the, she's the principal now, actually. She went to Augustana and reached out to their ed department asking if they had uh, graduates or students who were about to graduate who uh, were graduating in education from these fields and orchestra was one of the teachers that they were hiring for. And when I read that, I, I could not believe it. I woke up my brother who was next to me because I was so like, oh my gosh, they're hiring for an orchestra teacher at my old middle school. Like I 
I need to apply for this. So I emailed her like right away that I was interested and they got me set up with an interview and I was just really hoping I would get it because I couldn't think of anything more exciting. That's literally what I wanted to do. And I got the job. So that was all just a really exciting time. I still can't believe it. It feels like it was just written in the stars all along for me to to come back here. Your first year teaching, though, certainly had its challenges because your first year would have been, it began on remote learning. How did you even begin to uh, set up coursework for that? Like, that must have been incredibly challenging. So how, how, did, how were you able to kind of get the creativity to be able to, um, to, to set up courses uh, under such incredible circumstances? Well, yes, it was a challenge. You certainly cannot do orchestra in the traditional sense over Zoom. It just really does not work. So luckily I have the most amazing coworkers and colleagues in the entire world. And we were really just like rocks for each other, always there to offer resources, support, ideas. Um, So I would say a lot of it came from them. But at the same time, I think a lot of the creativity and the figuring out just what we're going to do just came from, I don't know, just like basic problem solving. Like, what do we want them to know and what can we do to get them to know it even online? So it was it was a challenge for sure. We're not really we were never really certain after any given class that any of our kids were paying attention, that any of them were even there on the other side of their black screens, but we just kind of pulled through. We had some fun assignments, like every Monday we did a My Music Monday where students would share their own music with us. And we tried to do fun Fridays where we had like rhythm bingo or something like that to to keep it light because we know that as hard as it was on us it was very hard for all of them at home as well yeah i I think that was always part of my take of it as well was that um it felt like we were painting in the dark sometimes where we like well i don't know if i'm really making a difference but all i could do is be as consistent as i could possibly be and 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 be a presence for them even in that kind of virtual sense it was uh it was that was something else well you know but the students came back in January, as you mentioned before. So, and that's when really you were able to kind of meet them and kind of get them moving along uh, with with uh, with all things music. What was that like? It must have been such a breath of fresh air to have the students uh, come back. What was that transition like? Oh, it was wonderful to have them back and to hear them make sound on their instruments. Um, yeah, it was really sad the first couple of months of school, never being able to hear them unless it was on a grainy recording that they had sent us. So to be able to hear them live was a, an experience that I'd never had before. And it just really solidified like, yes, this is what I want to do. This is what I signed up for. So yeah, it was awesome. It was very stressful at the same time because when they first came back, it was like 
they were coming back in groups and certain groups were on certain days. And there's just a lot of logistics um, within the music department that, that made that challenging. But overall, we made it through and it got easier once everyone or almost everyone came back at the end of the year. So by the end of the year, we had like a majority of our students come back and that's when it really started to feel like, okay, this is what class is like. I was wondering if you could kind of comment on this kind of, kind of wonderful challenge that it must be in that as a music teacher, you have to, you use the creative side of your brain to engage in music but you also have to use a very logical part of it. So I guess that's the left side of your brain is the logic and the right side is the creative, if I remember correctly, how the, the hemispheres work. I was wondering how, how you kind of approach that balance uh, as a thinker when you're kind of teaching and making decisions in classrooms and, and all that. I always love hearing how teachers think, because uh, I, I know how I think, but I always like to see, is there a better way I can do it as well? Um, how, would, how would you describe like how you kind of find that balance of the creativity and the, the logic? and rational part uh, as you teach? I feel like the logical kind of guides the creativity. So obviously there's, there's the logic, there's what they need to know to be able to do what I want or to be able to improve on what they've done. And then, so I have to take that, what they need to do, and then come up with a way for us to do it in a way that'll work for them. So um, yeah, a lot of it honestly just kind of happens on the fly. And if something's not working, I just say, okay, we're gonna try it this way then. So I just kind of try to have a, a bag of tricks that I, I go to when one thing isn't working, we try it a different way. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, you got it. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's it. That is absolutely it. Now, I don't think there's anything that you could say to disabuse me from this, uh, this, this thought that I have, but amongst, I think all of the teachers in the building, I have the most professional jealousy for music teachers because I recognize that they're with peak humanity. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're making, you're helping students make beauty and art, you know, so I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, there's anything less than what, you know, the math teachers and arts, art teachers are English, but like you're, there's nothing probably as this kind of incredible expression of humanity that is then put out through, uh, through music. I can see that that's got to be such a, a a wonderful opportunity, but then also kind of a challenge because you want to maintain the flame of that student's passion with music. Um, how do you see the unique position and the privileged perch of a of a music teacher and all the special qualities that go along with such an incredible job to continue to unlock the best of humanity? And that that's just. I mean, I think it's a a great position. I love being able to you know dive deeper with students when we can. I feel like a lot of our job, um, especially at this level, is very focused on, you know, the notes and making sure we're playing the right notes with the right tone and everything. But we've also made it a goal to kind of 
look beyond the written music on the page and get more into the connecting side of music and responding to music, um, because those are all really important qualities for a musician to have as well. So we're kind of trying to build the whole musician instead of just the really good player in the musician. What are those other elements of the whole musician? So like, obviously there's got to be the disposition to practice and reflect, but what are some of those other kind of uh, elements of that? Um, There's definitely a musicality aspect that I don't know if it, 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 I think it comes with age, with time, with how long you've been playing your instruments and the instruction that you get. But there's a difference between just playing the notes and then playing with emotion. So eventually our students would learn how to um, put some affect in, into their playing and not just play notes. Um, there's also the musician who you know, can listen to a a piece of music and maybe relate to the cultural context in which the piece was written and things like that, which are also important. Here's a kind of a big um, kind of question is if you had a time machine and you could see any performance or performer, uh, who do you think would be the one that would be uh, that would be the most um, inspirational to you see like live, you know, or, or something like that? Because I would imagine you have a lot of opinions about the, the greatest and whether or not it's the performer or the piece uh, and all of that. Um, who, if, if spanning all of time and, and granted your um, your preference is, is things orchestra. But I, I was wondering how that extends maybe to other kind of genres of music. What would be that one particular performer or show that you would select to go uh, witness uh, in live performance? I don't know about a particular performance, but I would, I think I would like to see Jacqueline Dupree play at some performance. Um, She was a cellist and I really just love any recording of hers. Um, absolutely fantastic. So I would probably say anything by Jacqueline Dupree. But also I am very obsessed with Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, even though it is very, um, I don't know, I feel like it's cliche to, to really like that symphony because it's, it's so well-known and popular. But I really do love it. So I guess the first performance of that ever would be pretty historical to to see live what would be like a um if there was a a resource that you would want to see more go towards um the music education and this doesn't have to be necessarily lehman uh it could be just society at large what would what would be the one kind of uh, resource that you'd want to see more going towards music education in our district in particular, I would love there to be the money to have um, a class set of instruments. Um, right now, many of our families have to rent instruments in order to play, which definitely has um, its advantages um, and is definitely a benefit in a lot of ways. But we do have to deter some students because they can't 
um, afford the financial responsibility of paying for monthly for an instrument. So um, I would love for that to not be an issue and for us to just be able to teach all of the kiddos that are interested. And I'm sure we are not the only program in the U.S. that has um, that problem. So I would love that. And, you know, for programs that do have instruments that they can provide to kids or maybe their district doesn't have the need to provide, then um, there's always something I feel like that that a music program could could use and need. You're absolutely loving it, being back in the community and at, at Lehman and, and all that. And I was wondering, Gina, Ms. Brown, if you could kind of tell us, like, what are some tips for success that you could give current Wildcats about how they should kind of pursue their goals in education and school and beyond? I would say just follow your heart and your intuition. You know yourself the best. So you should follow what you want to do. And also with that, if you know you really want something, try to stick it through until you get there. And I say this because I always knew that I wanted to go into um, music education since I was in high school. Um, And all throughout college, I always knew that that was the end goal. But still in college, I had many, many moments where I'd be crying on the phone to my family or to my friends telling them, I'm not good enough for this. I'm not going to make it. Like, I can't. I need to transfer. I don't want to be here anymore. And while those feelings may have been very true and valid at the time, it never outweighed my desire to pursue music education. And I never gave up. I never seriously considered transferring. And I, you know, stuck it out. I'm so glad that I did. And I couldn't imagine um, a different outcome for me anymore. And it sounds so great that you had a network of people around you that believed in you even when you had that slightest bit of doubt in yourself they they knew that you could you could still do it what a what a great piece of advice Gina thank you so much I, this is so great um it's just so fantastic that you have come back to West Chicago and to kind of share your talents and gifts and really kind of spread the incredible joy of music, all future Wildcats that are going to be coming up as a result of you being their teacher. So this has been uh, absolutely fantastic to talk to you today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening. You can follow We Go Places on iTunes and Google Podcasts. Just search We Go Vox. That's WeGo, V-O-X, or search on Facebook for WeGo Places Podcast. 